3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hey, everybody, the alarm's gone off. Time to rise and run. Welcome. Welcome to episode two of the Rise and Run podcast. Or hopefully, welcome back. We're glad to see you here. Glad to have you with us. I'm your host, Bob, and as usual, I have we have the full crew today, as a matter of fact. We'll start way up north. Alicia's here. Hi. And we're going geographically this time. We're coming down the coast. John's with us today. Hello. Good to have you with us, John. Welcome. We'll, see, we'll hear more from John in just a second. Greg's with us in Philadelphia. Greetings and salutations. That's a little over. That's a little over the top, Greg, but it's okay. We'll let it go. <laughs> Let me, let me get my, let me look it up. Think of a map for that. Okay. Jack. Jack is up in Atlanta. Hi. And Lexi's in New Orleans. Hello. And I'm still down here in the Tampa area. Well, it's good to have everybody back. Uh, We've got a couple things we want to talk about this week. We'll do a little more talking about what's going on with Wine and Dine, which by the time this gets published, will be a week or maybe even less away run disney's return Hooray! yeah oh yeah that's a big deal i i can't tell you how excited i am about that and then we've got our race report and this week we're going to hear from jack who finished the chicago marathon not long ago but first john didn't get his two minutes of fame so john why don't you tell everybody who you are where you are and whatever else you want to tell us I'm John. I'm up here in North Jersey, close to uh, the Meadowlands. Started running the Disney races in April 2019, the 5K, that one that got like almost rained out where they throw us all back in the bus. Which one was that, John? Which 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 event was that? The Star Wars. Uh, oh, one. okay. Okay. They said, said, everybody, back in the bus. There's lightning coming. And about an hour later, they started the race. And that was it. And I'm Hopefully, getting down there for marathon with you guys. Oh, yeah. I think uh, a whole bunch of us will be down there marathon weekend. Well, it's good to have you with us, John. I'm sorry we missed you last week. But with the big group we have here, I think there'll be weeks when uh, one or two of us will be out. But the rest of us will still hang in there. Gosh, I went out. uh, This is just thinking about how excited I am about Disney running. I went out. What's today? Tuesday. I went out Monday to do my morning uh, I'm mostly walking right now, but I had WDW radio on, or as Lou calls it, WW radio. And just listening to the intro, they played just a small clip of When You Wish Upon a Star, not the musical, but actually singing. And suddenly I was turning the corner onto Main Street and seeing the castle and All those good run Disney feels came back to me. So I'm excited. Gang, what are we up to? What's going on? How's your training going? And what are you getting ready for? Alicia, why don't you start us? How's your training going for uh, wine and dine? It's going okay. Um, 
I'll be doing the challenge at Wine and Dine, so I'm really excited about that. I have perfect status, meaning I've done it since it inaugurated, so for six years now. I'm not sure if they're going to give us a special lanyard for six years or five years, because last year it went for 12, but I'm excited to be back. Right. Uh, we That's the first race you and I did together was 16, but I only did the half. Correct. And you did the challenge, so... You're perfect, and of course, I'm imperfect. So <laughs> not you all true. Knew that. You, all, <laughs> you guys all knew that. Yeah, I'm having uh, I'm having a little trouble, but I'm going to be okay. I'm I'm working on uh, getting this this challenge in. Also, I was looking on Facebook to see if we have any frequently asked questions about what's going on in the wine and dine weekend. You know, one of my favorite questions that we get and you see it, I don't care what Facebook group you're in. Somebody usually in June will ask, what's the weather going to be like for wine and dine? <laughs> That's one of my favorites. It's Florida folks. It's going to be nice. Uh, as long as it doesn't rain, but that's the other thing. We're at a point now where you're starting to get the 10 day forecast. It, it's looks normal. It looks normal for down here is lows in the mid 60s highs in the low 80s so it should be a very pleasant weekend as long as we don't get rained out what else is going on guys greg how's your training going not too shabby uh i just had my uh second i should say challenge weekend training uh i'm doing goofy for marathon weekend so this was on brand new where you know you do you know, long walk on one day and then the next day you do your run. So the, this past weekend I had a seven mile walk and then a 20 mile run. Didn't go too bad. You know, had to mix in some walking and, you know, extended breaks here or there. But, you know, it's a great practice to get your nutrition down and what ratios you want to use, especially if you're doing Galloway. But um, overall, no complaints so far. Just so looking forward to the marathon weekend. Oh, yeah. Obviously, we, we are wine dine first, but I just keep my eyes focused on January. Yeah, glad to hear it. That's that's good. I did that series a couple of weeks back. I got a very ambitious schedule this fall. But you hit on something that I wanted to let everybody talk about. First of all, uh, a note, Princess Weekend training has also started. If you're following the Galloway plans, the Princess Weekend training started, I think, last week. For the challenge, uh, it starts this week, and I think this for week? the half, it starts next week. Okay. Uh, I'm doing the challenge. Good. Good. With both, well, this is the last long run for uh, Wine and Dine. The last long training run is done. It was last weekend, I believe. And the runs are starting to get longer, significantly longer for the marathon training, as Greg just pointed out. How are you guys handling the long runs for the marathon training? John, why don't you start? They're going pretty good. I, I try to get out early in the morning and uh, get them going because, you know, some of them take a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they do. I like to start early, you know, dusk sometimes. So it, it makes it a little easier, I think. It's easier running into the sunlight than away from the sunlight, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Sure. No, I, I feel you, John. I started my alarm. Actually, I was getting practice for Rise and Run. I, I set my alarm this past weekend for 345. 
I was out <laughs> starting at 4.20, and I didn't see my first human being until 5.50, although I did play chicken with about five deer, so it's always a good idea to make sure you're always pointing your headlamp uh, you know, at them so they don't come charging. <laughs> uh, so always a unique challenge when it comes to the early morning start. You also, Greg, you mentioned something, and this is a question we get a lot in the Facebook groups. The Galloway plan, if you're running a challenge will have one or two or even right around Christmas it typically comes. It'll it'll tell you to walk the first couple of days before your long run. Now, I always get the question on Facebook, do I have to walk? I'll give you my answer in a minute. Jack, do you do you use the Galloway method? I don't think you do. No, I don't. I usually will run for all of it unless I, if it's a really long run, let's say anything over than 15 miles, I'll probably have some food with me. So if it's gummies, I'll eat and run that. But if it's not, then I'll have to walk that portion and eat it. Lexi, do you do Galloway? Yes, I do. Um, I don't quite do, because I know Galloway um, has shorter intervals than what I do for Berlin, I was doing eight minutes run, two minutes walk, uh, at least until I, you know, hit that point. We talked about that last week. Tune in if you want to hear that story. (laughs) 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 Very good. That's good. Always pushing. That's good. I like that. (laughs) So when, when you, when the schedule says to walk a day, do you walk that day before you run your long run or do you do something else? Um, I usually just kind of go how my body feels. Um, some, some days I'm like, yeah, no, I'm walking this whole thing. I don't care (laughs) what the schedule says. I'm walking it. Um, but then, you know, I feel like it's really good with Galloway's method. And if you're following the training program, it's helping to condition your body in the way that you need to do the final race. And so, I mean, I'm a stickler for a training plan, period. She is. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. I usually just kind of go with how my body's feeling. And it, it's even on the day of, too, I've changed race day strategies just because I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm not really feeling a 10-minute run, two-minute walk. I'm going to go for an eight. Okay. Alicia, what about you? What do you do on those weekends, on those back-to-back weekends? Um, What I've done in the past, I've followed the Galloway plan. Um, and so I did the walk and then I would do a run walk method. I don't exactly do Galloway. I listen to my body and I run and walk when I need to. Um, but I still do the run walk method. I said, I give you my, I am a Galloway disciple. (laughs) And so if Jeff says walk, I, I tend to walk now. I have struggled and I don't want to go into great deal. I've struggled with some leg injuries in the last uh, 18 months, two years. So there's been times where I've had to walk. That's all I could do. I've learned to become a very fast walker. So that really helps me out. But in a normal training period, I would walk whatever days the Galloway plan says walk. And then when it tells you to do your walk run intervals on the long one, then I do that also. When it came to my first dopey a couple of years back, I was actually talking with Jeff and he just Looked me in the eye and said, Bob, walk the half marathon, period. Just walk it. And uh, you'll find that you're you're in much better shape to hit the marathon the next day. So that worked for me. I I will tell you, I remember 2016 Wine and Dine was my first half marathon that I had done in 30 years. 
I had never met Jeff Galloway before then, but I followed his plan and I got out there and did that half marathon with a smile on my face the whole daggum time because I just felt great following his plan. So I was hooked from that point right on. And an important thing to note too, you know, when it comes to not just a, a back-to-back, but any long run weekend that at least it's part of the Galloway program is it is not about time. It is always about endurance. So, you know, say you have a 15 miler coming up and you hit mile 12 and you're done. That's fine because you are going to get the same endurance benefit if you did interval run walk for those whole 15 miles or if you did it for 12 and you walked in the last three. Always keep that in mind that that is, you know, the key to, you know, those long weekends. Again, regardless if they're back to backs or just a single. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to interject because, you know, in the running community, there are a lot of, um, I don't want to say a lot. There are some people who say, well, if you're not running, then you're not really a runner. Don't listen to them because it doesn't matter if you do a 16-minute mile or a 6-minute mile. It is still a daggum mile, and you should be proud of yourself. Yes, you should. Absolutely. Well said. Well, Mr. Galloway, U.S. Olympic 10K athlete, would tell you exactly that. He'd tell you there's no definition of a runner. If you get out there and run, then by golly, you are a runner. I couldn't agree more, and I'll I'll amplify Greg's point about, and I didn't believe it. Again, I'll reiterate, I have done a lot of walking lately. The walking will benefit your endurance. I didn't believe it. I promise you it's true. It, it will. So the goal of Jeff Galloway running method, and I think the goal of the folks who are talking to you on this podcast are you want to finish the event upright, and with a smile on your face. And if you can do that, it's a successful race. I want to shift gears just a little bit. In in parts of the country, the long runs now, I'm going to work, work past Wine and Dine and talk about Marathon Weekend. The long runs are coming up, and your weather's starting to turn kind of nasty. I'm lucky here. That's not going to happen. In fact, what's going to happen to us, the weather's going to get better for running. But You folks in the northern climbs, John, Greg, Alicia, what are you doing now that it might start to get chilly out there? So I've actually started this already in wearing um, longer pants. And as the weather gets colder, I'll add layers. So I have an image that I use um, that I found when I started running longer distances in 2016. Um, And I can post that in our Facebook group, the Rise and Run podcast. And I can also post it on our Instagram page, Rise and Run pod, all one word. You can find us at both of those after this episode is up. I'll post that. But Basically, it talks about different temperatures and what to wear. My biggest thing that I suggest is adding layers as it gets colder. And I like to get some of those dollar gloves that are easily easy to put on. That's one thing I find that if my wrists are cold, I'm cold. So I'll put those on until I warm up. And then as I get warmer, I take those off and I stick them in a pocket or in my belt. And that definitely helps keep me the correct temperature, but definitely layers is a big thing as it gets colder. 
side note, if you put your gloves in your pocket, make sure they like zip or something or you might lose them. I have lost mine before, but that's the nice thing about dollar gloves. <laughs> I was going to say, that's why she gets the dollar gloves. <laughs> and John, you do anything? I mean, weather can get nasty up in North Jersey. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, do, do the lighter thing on top. Um, usually a short sky till about 35 degrees, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, if I'm out there running, I'm a short, short guy all year long up here. So it's a different story there, but, uh, good for you. Good for you, man. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I, I do wear gloves if it's, it's a weird look. It's, uh, I'll be wearing shorts and gloves because my hands get cold. That's it. I'm done. Oh no, I've seen that. I mean, I've seen that at the top levels. I, I've seen, uh, world-class guys putting the gloves on and you said it and Alicia said it. If your hands get cold, or, or your head, too. If you can keep your head warm, that helps. But if your hands get cold, you're going to be cold. Uh, I, heck, I honest to goodness, there will be one or two days I got a pair of gloves down here in Florida, and if it reaches a bitter cold temperature, like 55 or something, I might put the gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get used to it. What can I say? I was just thinking when you said that um, <laughs> if Jack wore shorts in 35-degree weather, she would literally turn blue. Oh, <laughs> My feet and hands turn blue in like 60 degree weather. So another thing that I noticed, like uh, if it gets really cold and the humidity is really, really dry in those cold days, I'll do wear a buff and put a buff over because breathing in that cold, non-humid air really affects your lungs. Well, it affects my lungs. I don't know. Oh, you're right. Your guys. Absolutely. Yep. A buff will help. They make other products that you can buy that are more expensive, but buffs are cheaper. No, I, I don't face it here, but I, as I said last week, I've lived in some cold climates. Heck, I lived in Alaska for a year and a half, so I know what you're talking about, and it's extremely dry in Alaska. It's, it's crazy. Okay, so that's how we handle cold weather, and uh, hopefully it's not too bad for any of you. I want to move on to one more thing. On this week's Jeff Galloway training schedule, it's the first appearance of the Magic Mile, and for new runners to the Galloway system, I get questions about this all the time. What's the magic mile? How do I do it? How does it work? What do I do with it? It says five miles, and I think it actually says five miles with magic mile, I think is what it says. So how many miles am I supposed to run? Well, let me take these in order if I can. First of all, if it says five miles with magic mile, the total distance to run is five miles. The magic mile is included in that. What is the magic mile? It should be your best effort for a one mile run. You don't have to run if you're an interval runner. You don't have to run the whole thing straight through, but you're probably going to change your inter intervals for that magic mile. And you want to do it as fast as you can, in Jeff's word, without puking. No puking. Puking is not allowed. But you should feel by the time you finish the mile, you should feel that you don't have more than maybe another 50 to 100 yards in you at that pace. Strategically, I think the best way to do it is this. Take your first mile at a very easy pace. You can walk it if you want to, but take that first mile easily. Then set yourself up, then reset your watch and time your magic mile. Once you're finished there, 
give yourself a few seconds, walk a little bit, just, just relax for a little bit and do the remaining distance. In this case, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's five. It might be six miles total, but do the remainder of the distance. If it's five, do the last three. If it's six, do the last four and do those at a run walk interval, but do them at a relatively comfortable, do them at your long run pace. I, I think you'll be surprised that after the magic mile, when you first go into your last couple of miles, when you first start, you might be a bit tired, but I think you'll find that if you've done the training, it'll come back to you pretty quickly and you'll actually end up going a little faster than you might think. Now, once you've done your magic mile, what do you do? Well, the magic mile is used to help you Number one, predict what your race times would be at certain distances. And number two, to establish training run times for those distances. And the way to do that, and this needs to go into the show notes too, is go to Jeff Galloway's website, put your magic mile time in there, and then it'll show you what your projected times are, what your long run pace should be for your training runs, and it will give you a good idea of what you, you should be doing in your your daily and weekly training. Now, my one question I'm going to ask Mr. Galloway when I see him here next week is why he waits so long to put this into the, the uh, marathon training schedule. We're into week, I don't know, Alicia, where are we, 15 or so or something like that. So that's in a nutshell from me. Greg, you want to add something here? Yeah, just one thing I wanted to add uh, on top of you know your great overview of all of that is just because it's on the schedule doesn't mean that that's the only time you're only allowed to do it. You know, say if you're doing a, you know, one of your maintenance runs during the week, if you feel like doing a magic mile, absolutely go for it. You know, it's one of those things, you know, maybe you have a day of low humidity or cooler temperatures or something like that. Just go and do it because, you know, there's going to be some magic miles that are, that are going to be faster for you. And then there's going to be others that are slow. And, you know, so that way you can always coordinate, you know, with those paces and such like that. So, again, even though it's only on the, you know, listed on the schedule for this weekend, you know, it doesn't bar you from not doing one whenever, you know, you, you feel like it. Now, the, one of the things that you will learn with them is you will only see an improvement of, you know, up or down in terms of your paces is if, uh, I believe you, you know, you need to run them up 15 seconds, usually faster than your previous one to actually see a fluctuation. So, you know, say you do one magic mile and then the next one you do, you say you're only maybe two or three seconds faster. It's not going to change your ratios. It's not going to change your projected finish times. When you see that really big, massive improvement, that's when you know that you're going to be changing up those intervals. Cool. Lexi, you have something to add? I am not a diehard Galloway-ian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, with Je- no, no, no. The term is Jeffer. A Jeffer. Okay, I'm not a Jeffer. Um, so I've not actually never done a Magic Mile. But what I'm hearing is Magic Mile is not a measure of how good you're doing in your training. It's more of a tool to make your training better. It's a diagnostic tool. That's exactly what it is. And to go off of that too, you know, the one thing to realize is when you go to Jeff's website and you go to punch in your magic mile time, you know, to see what your pace is, 
it, you know, the, the paces are, are going to be the biggest tool for you in terms of, okay, this is the pace I'm going to use on my long run. And this is the pace I'm going to use during the race. The one thing that you do want to keep in mind and, and take with a grain of salt is, you know, you know, say you're training for a half marathon and it says you're, you know, based on your magic mile, you're going to finish that half marathon in two hours and 15 minutes. Know that that time is based on perfect, ideal race conditions. You know, so say, you know, a 100% flat course with low humidity and temperatures in the mid 40s. Obviously, we like to call those unicorn races. So obviously, you know, they're not going to happen all the time. So it's one of those things where, you know, do not get hung up on what that, you know, projected race finish is going to be. It very well might be. And but very well might not be too. It's just again, when it comes to Magic Mile, think of it more in terms of using it to get your training paces and then your race paces. Good. It is. It's a diagnostic tool. It's not a training tool. And, and I, I find it very helpful. In fact, when I was running consistently, my paces were predicted really accurately. So it was helpful for me. Okay, look. We've talked a bunch about training and what's coming up. Do we want to talk real quickly? Uh, Wine and Dine is the first we've seen of the new waiver system. Instead of printing out and signing your waivers, you sign your waivers online now. Uh, Alicia, did you get yours signed? I did get mine signed. Um, I wanted to mention to the listeners how you might find that because it was a little bit confusing. Mm -hmm. You'll go on the Run Disney account. And once you're logged in, you'll go under your registrations. You'll click on the event. So for this case, it's wine and dine because that's the race weekend that the waivers are up for. And you'll see a space that says your documents. You can click on that and it will go through the waiver. And once you're done, it will show a blue box that says signed. So mine says signed because I've done it. It will automatically send you an email version of the signature you can also go to the Run Disney account and have it sent to you again if you don't get the email. Great, Alicia. Thanks. I uh, I got mine signed. I could not have explained it as well as you do because I'm really not sure how I got mine signed, but I did. I know when we go down there to the expo, we're going to have to show something. I assume it'll be on the phone, uh, but I'm going to dig into that later. I don't have it in front of me right now. I believe that's a separate document, and we'll get that um, as of November 1st, I believe is what oh. the event guide said. Yeah, I think you're right. That's good. That would explain why I couldn't find it on my phone while you were talking. So good. I don't feel so bad anymore. That's great. Okay, Alicia, thanks. That's, like I said, that's great. I think I got mine signed. I hope so. We'll find out. If I'm standing outside waving at you as you go by, I didn't get mine signed, but we'll be okay. Guys, that's it for training. Anybody, anything else anybody wants to add about training before we move on? I'd say just keep going. Good advice, Lexi. Thank you very much. Just keep going. One foot in front of the other. Left, right, left. The race is the victory lap. Well, that's very true. That's very true. And speaking of races and victory laps, it's time for the race report. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, last week, we had a couple people running. We had Joe running out in Fort Chaffee, Arkansas. And I saw on Facebook that Joe won his age group. Woo! Way to go, Joe. I'm proud of you. I really am. Joe, Joe uh, 
Joe sets quite an example. He, honest to goodness, does. He's a good guy, and I'm proud of him. He won that was a 5K, I believe, out there in Fort Chaffee. Uh, Michelle was supposed to run on Amelia Island. That event got canceled. I'm not sure why, but it it did, so she missed out on that one. Running this weekend, we've got Gretchen, uh, who has signed up for the Marine Corps Marathon Virtual. Of course, you know that the Marine Corps Marathon was going to go live, and then I think it wasn't so much COVID as I think they had some just some organizational issues, just some support issues really up there in D.C., and that event went virtual. And Shannon has added her name on our Run Disney motivational team list. Shannon is running the Cocoa Beach 10K, the I Dream of Genie run over there in Cocoa Beach. Now, I haven't done that one. I did uh, Space Coast last year. Nice area to run over there. Really cool. That looks like a neat run. I've thought about doing it. I've seen the medals. They're the uh, I Dream of Genie genie bottle shape for the medals. They look really neat. So that's, that's who's cool. running. Oh, yeah. They look like fun. They really do. It, it, and that's a great area to run in. Those are pretty well supported. Um, that looks neat. Good luck, Shannon. Let's take time now. We Last week, we talked with Jack and Lexi about their experience at the Berlin Marathon. That 26 miles wasn't enough for Jack. I mean, she did it on one continent. Was it two weeks later, Jack? Or was it three weeks later? Two weeks later. It was exactly two weeks. Two weeks later, she decided she needs to she needs to decide she needs to do it again. Jet lagged and all. She decided she needs to do it again in Chicago. And before we start talking about it, Jack, I want to tell the folks listening that your video on your passport to run YouTube page is terrific. So Folks, you might want to take a look at that. Jack did a real good job of videoing her activities in Chicago. Jack, congratulations. How did it go? Oh, thank you, Bob. <laughs> um, it went a whole lot better than Berlin. I, I will say leading up, like literally minutes before the race, um, everything that was going on with me in Berlin in terms of how my body was feeling was happening again, literally minutes before race start. And I had messaged you and you messaged me back and you were saying, just relax, just have fun. You're a runner and you could do this. So you don't have to prove to yourself that you you just need to do this safely and um, have fun with it. And so after I saw that and after I talked with David and he reassured me and I, cause I, I about cried to him was like, Oh my God, things are happening again. And I'm not one person to really have that kind of mindset, which is so weird. Cause usually I think so positively, but I think because so much happened in Berlin and then having it literally happen that morning again, I started getting really nervous because I'm like, didn't become a problem in Berlin until like 25 K in and it's happening at the very beginning. Um, but it went away and I just like, I have never seen Jack freak out before race as much as she was freaking out before Chicago. Um, I was there as race support. And her cheering squad with one of our other friends. And she was freaking out night before, morning of. Um, and we just kept telling her, Jack, you've got this. Jack, it's okay. 
just remember everything that you've trained. But um, yeah, I can definitely attest to her. It was just like, it was crazy. Because it's like, I, I really thought about it out of all the races I've done this year. Like uh, I did, I'm going to count in a year span. I've done two 50Ks, a half marathon, a 50 miler, Berlin. And then this would be my second marathon. When And for most of that, I was pretty chill. Like, okay, yeah, this is cool. I know I could do it. I think I walked into the this race already having done Berlin two weeks before and just being like, just remember it so freshly. And I, that's what made me nervous. But it's a true testament that if you could just relax and calm your mind and be kind to yourself and remember, if you're hurting, it's okay to take it easy. And having those reminders from friends and family was such a nice encouragement so that once I started across that start line, I was just like, you know what, let's smile. And smiling changed everything and I always smile during my races it, I don't know why I get so happy people are like why are you smiling I'm like because I'm having fun <laughs> but I mean when you stop worrying about everything it becomes the thing that you want it to be which is the reason why you run is because it's fun and knowing that I have friends out there cheering me on either virtually or on the course, knowing that Lexi and Cindy was there, I was like, oh, my God, I'm just going to race to them. But then I had to remind myself to calm down and, and run slower because I didn't want to hurt myself again <laughs> or continue to. And so I was like, OK, that's fine. I'm going to do great. But it becomes so much more fun. And then also this time I had my pack on. Um, cause in Berlin, I didn't, I carried the gimbal with my, um, camera the whole entire time, which was like carrying a weight and not having to carry that in my arms was great for, <laughs> to nicely put that away. So what did you use to record? I used the same thing, but I would put my camcorder in my backpack part of my pack, my hydration vest. Um, so I wasn't having to hold it. And then it became like that I was not, wasn't carrying really anything, but I didn't really have any problems. I felt like a slight twinge, maybe like the last six miles. And then I went to one of the A stations to put some biofreeze on it. And I bet you that thing numbed my calves. <laughs> it felt great. <laughs> I noticed a bunch of what you're talking about in the video really comes through. Uh, I mean, I could see you smiling from the get-go. That was terrific. I could see the attitude. How was the weather? It was supposed to be pretty warm. Oh, it was projected to be 81 degrees. And when I started, it was about, I think, 71, 72. And then it only really got to about, what was it, Lexi, 76 or 77 when I finished or something like that? Yeah, it, it didn't get quite as hot as what was projected. Um, and there was a breeze. And that really, that, that was beautiful. That yeah. breeze. Well, that's the Windy City. It's got to be a breeze, right? It's a great course, isn't it? It was beautiful. Absolutely. Everything was beautiful. The crowd was amazing. I loved reading all the signs. They were so funny. Um, a lot of them to read. And um, the crowd was just insane. They just went on for miles and miles. And you don't have your names on these bibs, which is fine. Um, but it would have been kind of cool because in Berlin, everybody got to say, yell your name. But this one, they just was like, go you. Like, they'll point at you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, go. Uh, but the crowd was amazing. Jack, what was your favorite sign? I was I was watching you. Uh, I, I saw I saw a video 
of one of the signs that was my favorite. I wondered if yours was the same one. I'm going to actually, it's, it's, it's between a tie. And so if you've ever seen the movie Twilight, there is a picture of Bella Swan that says, you're impossibly fast and strong. And then <laughs> I met two nuns along the way as well. <laughs> and That's good. It was run like none other. Or a high five a sister if you don't want a blister. <laughs> that was great. Okay. Mine was the fellow standing there with no shirt on, and he must have had shorts on, and it said, smile or I'll drop yeah, this I sign. I forgot about that one. <laughs> that was hilarious. I don't know. I don't know, Lexi, if you saw that, but Jack, yeah, you got a video of that one. That one was great. Yeah. So during the the entire race, Cindy and I were we rented bikes because they have like the city bikes, and we would like have the app up and be like, okay, she's gonna be at this corner. So we, if we go this street, I think three blocks, then maybe we can cut to the right and beat her there. And we actually missed her twice. Um, we got to the spot and we couldn't find her, and then finally. Um, I asked Jack, I was like, what are you wearing? <laughs> because we couldn't find her so that we knew what to look for. And we finally caught her at the half marathon mark, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jack, anything? I, I'm going to I'm gonna get to the finish here in a second. Anything else you want to add, Jack? Um, to tell yourself no matter what, you're going to be a marathoner no matter what pace you're at. And you should be extremely proud of yourself. And also that if you're hurting, you don't have to try and set a PR every time you race. Um, Just relax and have fun and enjoy the experience. Well, I think that's terrific advice. But having said that, the last thing I noticed about the video, and I've never run Chicago, but I've had friends who run. And I watched it on TV and I followed you and I followed the elite athletes on TV. And I know that the only real hill in that race comes right at mile 26 up that, up that ramp where you go up the ramp in Chicago, then you turn to the left. And the one thing I noticed on your video, you're holding your camera and all of a sudden a whole bunch of runners are, are just, they're falling behind you. And I'm going, what the man, Jack's kicking it to the finish. And you really did. You did it. You had, you may have been tired, but you had a lot of energy at the end there and you did great. Thank you. Yeah, I had a lot. And I was just like, part of me was kind of sad because I could have used that energy to go a little faster. But then the other part of me was like, hey, stay calm. Just do what you need to do so you don't hurt yourself. And you know what? That last kick was like, okay, well, let's use it. Boom. (laughs) And I just sprinted as far as I could. (laughs) Got a girl. Great job. Any any final thoughts, Jack? That if you have the opportunity to run this race, I highly recommend it. I actually signed, uh, um, did the lottery again, and so uh, Lexi put her name in for the lottery. It is a beautiful race, and there is a reason why it's one of the uh, Abbott World Major races. So, Jack, I, I wanted to ask you about the course because obviously I watched your video and I also watched um, the Brookhart Project's uh, video. I know... Uh, Peter uh, from that channel. Uh, he also ran Chicago and it having traveled there for business so often, every time I go to that city, I fall more and more in love with it. And, you know, at least looking at the course map, the fact that you, you know, are the ground, I don't fully understand the loop system and everything like that, but the fact that you get a lot of, you know, the, the, you know, urban feel to it, you know, how would you rank this, you know, course, you know, stacked up against other, 
not just marathons, but other races that you've run in the past? Yeah. So I think, Lexi, I think I told this to you and Cindy. Um, I felt like this race to me was a very close second to the marathon weekend, uh, uh, Disney's marathon weekend. It was such a great race and the crowd was just insane. And it just had this bubble of excitement and not saying that uh, like, it just, it was, it just felt so special um, that day. And I think I just having a really, once I started the race, I was having such a good day. And so it was amplified, but I do actually think that this was probably a very close second to uh, marathon weekend for me. And I love me some Disney races, but I'll definitely come back to Chicago. The only thing I'll add um, from a, from a sightseeing spectator perspective Stay the night on Sunday so that you can do a little more sightseeing after the marathon. Um, because we made it a really short weekend trip and all three of us were like, oh, I wish we could stay just one extra day so that we could do, you know, X, Y, and Z. So add that into your travel plans because it's definitely a city that you just want more of, like Greg said. Well, that's good stuff, guys. Uh Jack, congratulations. Lexi, I'm glad you were able to get there. Uh, John, you got something you want to add? Yeah, so what's next on your plate? Another marathon? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have the, um, obviously, the Disney Marathon weekend. I did for like a hot second think about doing that 50K that I did last year, but I know it's in a few weeks and I'm just like, uh, maybe next time, but, um, I'm thinking about doing the Lake Sonoma, either 50 miler or 100 K. So I think I might be heading back into doing ultras just because I really do like running trails. It just, I like being out there with nature. Um, but then the other part of me is like, I really want to do springtime fun at Disney. (laughs) So I don't know. Um, it's, it's up in the air for me right now. The, the spring surprise, and the surprise is going to be, hey, tomorrow's registration day. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I got I've, I got my room reserved, but uh, we don't even have any good rumors uh, about when that's going to start registering. It's, oh, it's soon, I hope. I, I kind of am wondering if Run Disney's waiting to see what happens with Wine and Dine before they register for spring surprise, but I'm not sure what impact that would be since they've already registered the January and February runs. So, okay. That does it for this week's race report. Thanks so much. I I love doing these. I'm hoping we've had two majors so far. We've had Berlin and we've had Chicago and I'm hoping in and very shortly, maybe even next episode, We've got a Boston runner we'll be talking to. I'm kind of excited about that. I want to remind everybody that Wine and Dine Weekend, we will be meeting up the podcast group. And the only people from the podcast group that will be there at Wine and Dine are Alicia and me. And some of our friends from the Run Disney Motivational Team page and some of them from the RDMT marathon page will be meeting up at 10 p.m. on Sunday night, the night of the party, in front of the American Pavilion in Epcot, over towards the area where 
they have the barbecue uh, being served. What's the name of that place over there? I believe it's the uh, Regal Eagle uh, Smokehouse. The Regal. I knew it was an eagle in there somewhere. Greg, thank you. Over by the Regal Eagle Smokehouse because there's places to get something to drink and there's places to sit down. If that is open, I don't, not everything is open for the party, but it might be. If it's not, I know the, some of the uh, food and wine festival booths will be open. Oh, before we leave, let me remind you, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can contact us through our Facebook group. Please leave comments there. As soon as we get on uh, Apple Podcasts, we're going to start begging for reviews. But right now, we you can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You should be able to find us on Stitcher soon. And if you're listening to me tell you where you can find us, that's kind of silly because, well, you've clearly already found us. But please do. And hey, if you want to be featured on uh, on our race report, there's a file on the Run Disney Motivational Team page. There's a file on the Rise and Run podcast page. I think that's it. So thanks for listening. We look forward to talking to you again next week. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.